This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with wars and persecutions, destruction of Jerusalem, the coming of the Son of Man, watch yourselves, and preparing for the Passover. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or on your favorite podcast provider.
reading from Joshua, chapter 3. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it, in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest, the waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon, and those flowing down toward the Sea of Arabah, the salt sea were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation was passing over the Jordan. O Lord, have mercy on us. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep. Glorious name, in the 
to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In our text, the Israelites are in the Transjordan, that is, the land east of the Jordan River. The Israelites, under the leadership of Moses, had already conquered the Transjordanian territory, which was part of the Promised Land. Moses, though, had died, and Joshua is the new leader of the people. The next move for the nation was to go into the major portion of the Promised Land, which was west of the Jordan River, and which basically was the land of Canaan. However, blocking the way of the Israelites was the Jordan River. This river had a current which could make crossing treacherous. Further, it was the time of the spring flax and barley harvest, about March, April, when the rains and the melting snow of Mount Hermon would cause the river to rise, go over its banks, and flood. This was the worst time to attempt a crossing. This was the best time for a miracle of Yahweh. God would get the Israelites across the Jordan. In our text, we see that the crossing of the Jordan was an event that displayed and proclaimed God's characteristics and attributes and God's plan of salvation for humanity. One of the divine characteristics seen in the river crossing was that God was close to his people. Moses had proclaimed to the Israelites in Deuteronomy, for what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? Yahweh was literally right there with his people. While the Lord is omnipresent, his special presence was above the Ark of the Covenant. This Ark was borne by the priests who stood in the midst of the dry riverbed while the Israelites crossed over. God, so to speak, was there in the riverbed. We also see in the Joshua passage that God is faithful. Specifically, he was keeping his promise to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that their descendants would possess the land of Canaan. Before the Israelites could do that, they had to cross the Jordan. Of course, in this event, the omnipotence of God is on display. He, the almighty creator and ruler of the universe, stopped the river from flowing. Thus, without a drop of water touching them, the Israelites passed over on dry ground 
just as when the nation crossed the sea in the Exodus. Nothing can thwart the Almighty's plans and purposes. Yahweh performed the miracle because he is a gracious and loving God. Due to his grace, his undeserved kindness and love, God had entered into a covenant with the patriarchs, which was renewed with their descendants at Mount Sinai. This text from Joshua leads us to remember that God is close to each one of us. He who dwells with us and in us deals with us in his grace and love. God keeps all of his promises to us in his word. No enemy or evil force can stop the blessings God intends for us to come to us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We confidently believe the Lord when he says to us in the psalm, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will glorify me. The scene in our text in different ways proclaims as well God's plan of salvation for all humanity. The cover of the Ark of the Covenant, known as the atonement cover, was a gospel symbol. This cover was between the holy God above the Ark and the stone tablets of the commandments down below in the Ark, which continually pointed out the sins of the Israelites. The cover thus symbolized the universal atonement the Messiah would accomplish, which stands between the holy God and sinful humanity. On the atonement cover was dried blood. This blood had been sprinkled by the high priest on the day of atonement. This blood came from the animal sacrifices, which were a foreshadowing of the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, whose blood would actually atone for the sins of the world. This combination of blood and the atonement cover can be considered as a double gospel emphasis. God's bringing the Israelites into the larger portion of the Promised Land was because of his plan of salvation, an aspect of which was that the Messiah, the promised Savior, would be born in that land and there carry out his earthly ministry. So it was that in the fullness of time, the Savior was born in Bethlehem of Judea. About 30 years later, the incarnate God, God in the flesh, would stand in the very same riverbed, now flowing with water, and be baptized. With his baptism, Jesus identified with sinful humanity. Then he, bearing the transgressions of mankind, went willingly into suffering and death on a cross in order to make full atonement for all people. What happened next was the greatest miracle, Christ's resurrection victoriously 
from the dead. Christ is risen, is risen indeed. Alleluia. Christ has brought us across the Jordan into the spiritual promised land. Christ did this in our baptism, in which he created saving faith within us. He preserves this faith in us through his gospel word and holy supper. In the promised land, which can also be called Christ's kingdom of grace, we have forgiveness and everlasting life. We will keep on enjoying the blessings of salvation here on earth, in the heavenly promised land, and in the new creation. Christ, as the death of death, to borrow words from the hymn, will give us our glorious resurrection bodies on the last day. Since Christ has, to borrow again from the hymn, landed us safe on Canaan's side, we want to can and will raise hymns and praises to our God. We will serve the Lord gladly in the various roles and positions in which he places us with constant joy. We always rejoice because of the unchanging, everlasting gospel truths and because we know that God will use our service to his glory and for the benefit of other people. The Apostle Paul says to each one of us, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This is the reality, because Christ, the greater Joshua, arose from the dead and has led us into the promised land. The text from Joshua relates a magnificent occurrence in Israelite history, magnificent because of the awesome miracle that was involved. But the crossing of the Jordan was magnificent also because of what it proclaimed about God and his plan of salvation. What took place at the river was a blessed event for the Israelites and also for us. Therefore, we raise songs and praises to the Lord, the God of our salvation. Amen.
Lord, hear my prayer. Let us pray. O God, for our redemption you gave your only begotten Son to the death of the cross, and by his glorious resurrection delivered us from the power of our enemy. Grant that all our sin may be drowned through daily repentance, and that day by day we may arise to live before you in righteousness and purity forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Heavenly Father, in the flood of baptism, you have raised us to live with Christ. Grant us faith to continue in his life all our days. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.